Hello, how are you? This is JFunds1, and we are broadcasting for your Friday morning podcast. We're going to go through our news stories of the day, and we're going to kind of have fun with this because this is Friday. But the uh, the first thing I want to talk about is, and let me let me uh, print this, or let me uh, this lady um, Jing Jing Ma is believed to be in extreme danger. She is four foot 11 inches. She was 90 pounds and she was last seen wearing a white shirt and blue jeans. She was abducted from Reagan National Airport. She's from China and it's such a such a um, an Amber Alert Amber Alert has been issued. But um, it said that uh, The man, okay, she was taken by an unknown woman described as an Asian with black hair and about 40 years old. Authorities are working hard to advance the video to get a tag number. So you can go to WTOP to find out where um, the picture of the vehicle that, that, that she was taken in. But everybody should try to, and I can't get the picture here, but everyone should try to. I'm so sad for that because that happened today. So that's one, that's one of our top news stories is Amber Alert issue for a 12-year-old girl abducted from Reagan National Airport. So on to other things. Let's see what else is on my... Okay, so what's trending on Twitter tonight is The Four, Lamar Jackson, Ray Lewis, Drake, Steve Pierce, the hashtag In My Feelings, Snowfall, which I haven't seen yet. So... Um, Snowfall is something I do want to see. Snowfall is a show about how crack came into. Let me see. If you get a picture of Snowfall here. Um, Snowfall is, is 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 a picture about how crack came into uh, America and how it started in L.A. By the way, in the um, in the mid '80s. And what's interesting is I was out there during that time. But nowhere near. I was in a service, so it was it was nowhere near there. Okay, so the I am the IMBD description is a look at the early days of crack cocaine epidemic in Los Angeles during the beginning of the 1980s, and the primary cast is uh, Damon Idris, I mean Joseph and Isaiah John, Michael Hyatt, Carter Hudson, Emily Rios. So the reason why I like Snowfall is because is because this show actually is it's a well written story. It takes it from three this show Snowfall takes it from three different perspectives. You have the perspective of primarily the uh, the initial guy um, who's bringing this uh, to the black community and and why he did it. You also have the perspective of the CIA who needed the income from what these drugs brought to fight more drugs, so they say. And then you have the perspective of the person who the CIA brought the drugs to then to be distributed throughout the throughout America. And so you have these three different communities coming together in a once-in-a-lifetime kind of combustion and it just exploded and this drug exploded through all the inner cities all across the country including my inner city which was washington dc washington dc for those of you don't don't for those of you don't know uh, i was raised right on capitol hill it was an area it wasn't the projects it wasn't like 
a bunch of you know small apartments like on a wire but it was in the center of dc and we all lived in houses they were real houses but those houses today were worth a million dollars that being said back then they weren't and it was a primarily black neighborhood and i lived two blocks away from when a crack epidemic hit in dc from a guy that was selling it called rafael edmonds who is in jail today you can look him up um i didn't want to personally become involved with one I wasn't interested too. My parents would kill me, especially my grandmother. And so, and my friends, they weren't really into it. But the crack epidemic hit my hit my neighborhood really hard, where a lot of people died. I went to the service in 1986, right in the middle when it was kind of ground zero, and kind of got away from all that. So, but this snowfall really tells about how how you know we all hear about crack, but how did it come to pass? You know, how, how did it, how did it become so? readily available here in america i mean it hit our inner cities very pretty hard but it wasn't it wasn't grown there it wasn't it wasn't like it didn't originate there how did it get from here from there to there what was the process what was the mental process what was the reasoning what was the motivation what was the other than money i know money is motivation but what was the motivation to um to bring it to there on, on, on such a heavy and intense level. And so this, this snowfall really looks into that. It looks into the slow degeneration of a community because of crack cocaine and for the love of money. And it's very interesting. I like it. I haven't seen, I haven't seen this season yet, but I plan to see this season. And so snowfall is trending. So that means that something pretty big happened on snowfall for for that for that to be trending on Twitter. So, I know why Ray Lewis is trending. Ray Lewis is trending because of the Hall of Fame game tonight. The four, who cares? Honestly, who cares about the four? I like the only singing competition I like was American Idol, the old American Idol, not the new one. I I watch um Do You Think You Can Dance? That's probably the only one that I like to watch. Okay, this is what we're talking about now. Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Jim Acosta. This is this is what's so upsetting is that you have a president that's saying the press is the enemy of the people. This is the second night we talked about this, the freedom of the press. Why the freedom why is the freedom of the press important? Because if you suppress the press, if you suppress the the press, then you have no one to check your power, no one to voice what you're doing. You don't have a you can't rally a nation morally if it's not being reported. So you have the president saying that press is the enemy of the people. So 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 Jim Acosta, who's on the right, asked Sarah Huckabee, do you yourself believe that the press is the enemy of the people? And she could not answer, which is, I know on the surface it might seem what's the big deal, but it's a huge big deal. This is the president, the office of the United States, the standard bearer of the country. And you, you're, you're literally in front of us trying to say that the press is the enemy of the people because they don't agree with you, because they're reporting what you're saying. I mean, how far do you want to take this thing? Do you, If they're the enemy, do you want to lock them up? If they're your enemy, do you want to hurt them in some kind of way? If they're your enemy, do you want to punish them? I mean, what are you saying? Where are you going with that? Where do you go with that? Where do you go with the press is the enemy of the people? How far are you willing to take it? I'm telling you, this is just... 
We are walking down a slippery slope, just like Europe did when it came in the 1940s, when when we began to when when Europe began to treat other people as if they were inhuman. Which is my next story that we're talking about. And I'm not putting pictures up there because it upsets me so much that the government is actually saying we'll get to that next. So you have. Sarah Huckabee Sanders saying that he's the enemy of the people. The press is the enemy of the people. And she would not walk it back. She would. How do you sleep with yourself at night? These are. This isn't the enemy that we're talking to, like the real enemy, like Russians or someone who's trying with their elections. This is other Americans trying to do their job in a professional environment. Why does it have to be this? Because we disagree. Why does it have to be that if you disagree with me, then you're my enemy? Why can't I disagree with you and we still be friends? Why can't we have a disagreement and how you see the world and how I see the world, but I don't personally attack you or personally categorize you in a way that puts you into a mode that the reason why you disagree with me is because you're a bad person and I'm a good person because I'm right. Why does it have to go that far? We, sorry, something I saw like a, we never ever are going to fully agree with each other no no two people will see the same thing the same way that is just how life is life is like that i have different experiences i'm going to see things from my experience i'm the sum total of my experiences you have different experiences you're going to see and feel things from the sum total of your experiences that's how you interpret things we are each our individual agents moral agents that see things differently so just because you see things differently does not mean that the other person is an evil person. I mean, there's a lot of things I disagree with with my with my Democratic colleagues. A lot of things I disagree with. As a matter of fact, a lot of people saying, if you're going to run for office, how are you going to deal with this situation and that situation? And I'm going to have to tell them that we can disagree on this, but it doesn't mean that we have different values. Our values are the same. We just see, we happen to see this differently and it is okay. The person who disagree with you disagrees with you isn't your enemy person who disagrees with you is just someone who disagrees with you it's not any not any deeper than that so now to my third story i'm gonna go back to my j funds one because i can't um third story the immigration thing the the story is now is that the the deported parents the deported parents the government is saying it's not their responsibility to try to find the parents of the kids that they separated. Now, I'm going to split this story into two different parts. The, the, I'm going to leave the government out of this. We live in it. always hear from my Christian friends. This is a Christian country. And all my friends, they go, they, all my Christian friends go to church every day, raise their hands, not every day, every Sunday, raise their hands in worship and all of these different things. But yet they're allowing this to go on. They are so adamant against abortion, so adamant against, I don't know, another cause. But this is happening here, and this is happening now. And they are saying nothing about it. If the church can't advocate for people that are being systematically separated permanently, can you, can you fathom your child being separated by a government and you cannot find your child again because your child's in the system and they kicked you out of the country. Can you fathom that? This is beyond, it's almost overwhelming. Like I'm saying this now and it's, it's getting emotional. It's, it's really, it's hard for me to talk about this, but if no one talks about it, 
it's going to continue to go on. And it's one of the reasons why that I'm going to plan a run for office in 2020, because this cannot go on. This you cannot be silent during these times because if they're taking children now, where does that stop? Where do you go from there? If you can do that and get away with it, what's next on your agenda? We have my church, people, my community. If you try to take their guns, they'll kill you. But you take someone's kids. Oh, you broke the law. They don't care. Why is that? That is, that is so beyond how, how can you process information and categorize it in a level of importance that way? Like your, like your guns are the most precious thing to you, but you can't have empathy for someone whose child is being separated. I mean, I cannot fathom that. And let me tell you something. When I run for office, this is going to be a top issue. I am going to be so forceful and passionate about this because this cannot happen again in our lifetime or my child's lifetime. What's going to happen in our children's lifetime? Honestly, are they going to say because you you jaywalked and you broke the law, we could take we could take your kids away from you, and and possibly take away your American citizenship because you don't look like us? I mean, where does it stop? Honestly, I'm asking a question. Where does it stop? If you're okay with this, then you're. Then you 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 sign on full heartedly to doing whatever it takes to maintain a country the way you want to maintain it for the rest of time, and that never happens. Nothing on this earth, nothing. I'm talking about nothing geographically, geography geography wise. Nothing stays the same. If you look at this earth, a hundred years ago, it did not look like today. The population didn't look like today. The land didn't look like today. A thousand years ago, it did not look like today. 2000 did not look like today. Nothing on this earth remains the same. And if you try to keep it the same by forcefully abusing other people, you are you are not as first of all you're not going to be successful and two, you're going to have to go to an extreme position to do that. And how extreme position are you willing to go in? Honestly, what is your what is your end game? How extreme are you willing to go to try to keep the country the way you think the country should be? Because nothing stays the same. Nothing. There is no land, no people, anywhere that stays the same throughout time. Everything changes right now. As of this moment, if you're listening to this podcast, you're either sitting in your car or wherever you're sitting, guess what's happening to you? Right now, you are traveling at 60,000 miles an hour. That's how fast the earth is rotating and traveling around the sun at 60 thousand miles an hour everything in this universe is moving nothing is staying the same no stars no planets nothing everything is moving everything is changing everything will change so this this fanatical reasoning to try to keep the america the way it is with the right percentage of race to white to black to to Italian, I mean white to black to minority is impossible. And when you try to contain the impossible, you go to extreme measures because you're finding that your normal uh, your, your normal your normal solutions aren't working. And taking children away from each other is an extreme measure.
So when that doesn't work, what's next? You have to ask, what's next? I am serious. What is next? Who's going to stand up? Who's going to say, no, we are not allowing this? For instance, on um, terrorism, we had, we, 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 we started jail in Cuba so we could do torture. And what came of that? We had to go to the extreme to try to find a solution. And that, and that didn't work out. The extreme, the extreme solutions always and inevitably, inevitably takes away someone else's rights. It disparages or, or denigrates another, another group of people. So our third story is the government is now saying that it's not their responsibility to try to match children up that, that they've separated after the parents have been deported. And we as, as a community should do something about it. So I said this was a Friday. We're going to end this on a happy note. So let's talk about something else. And I want to talk about a new show that I saw today that was really interesting. So I'm going to Google it. New NBC show about lost A-I-R-P-L-A-N, lost airplane. Here we go. This yep, so I'm watching. American family returning home from vacation. My brother Ben and his twins, Olive and Cal. But what you couldn't see is that Cal's leukemia wasn't responding to treatment. This flight is oversold. We are offering travel vouchers. That's me. So Grace and Olive and my folks took the first flight home. Funny how one little decision can ruin your life, but also save it. problem, ladies and gentlemen, is we've all been missing, presumed dead for five and a half years. Here. I just knew. What is this? There were a lot of people on that creek. 
makes us so special. What's the probability it's just you and me? No one can explain what happened to us. Some people called it impossible. Others called it a miracle. All I know is whatever force brought us all here had no interest in being investigated. This was just the beginning. Watching this. I think it's going to be a great show. I, I like shows that kind of mystery, kind of sci-fi a little bit. So hopefully you enjoyed that. That was our Friday review. And I'm going to have a podcast on Saturday night. I'm going to see how much or how far we can take this. It won't be any politics. It'll be our entertainment. So I thank you. This is Funds one And I'm going to edit this podcast as soon as I get off. As soon as I get off from here. And it'll be ready tomorrow morning in a very condensed version. You won't have all the searching and all that. But thank you again. And J Funds one and I